welcome to the Academy of Consultation Liaison Psychiatry podcast series, where we discuss all things related to CL psychiatry, important clinical updates, interviews with leaders in the field, and new CL psychiatry research. I'm your host, Sahil Munjal, a CL psychiatrist and representing the ACLP Online Education Subcommittee. In this first series of podcasts, we will invite three members from the Evidence-Based Guidelines Subcommittee to share their recent annotations on three timely papers in the areas of climate change, integrated care, and HIV. The annotations review important papers covering diverse content areas in CL psychiatry and are updated every quarter. You can also find these annotations on the ACLB website. So, let's get started. We will have Dr. John Grimaldi discuss the updated clinical practice guidelines by the CDC on pre-exposure prophylaxis, or PrEP, for the prevention of HIV infection in the United States that came out recently in December 2021. Dr. Grimaldi, can you please do a quick introduction of yourself? Thank you for inviting me. I'm the Director of Behavioral Health Services at the HIV Outpatient Clinic and Associate Medical Director of Brigham Psychiatric Specialties at Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston. I'm also an instructor at Harvard Medical School. Thank you for that introduction, Dr. Grimaldi. Can you now tell us a little bit about PrEP? Sure. PrEP is a biomedical intervention that prevents HIV-negative persons from acquiring HIV through sexual transmission or sharing needles among injection drug users. Before we go into the guidelines to better understand the role of PrEP, I think it is important to highlight the government's efforts to end the HIV epidemic in the U.S. Both the HIV National Strategic Plan and the federal initiative, Ending the HIV Epidemic in the U.S., rely on targeted implementation of evidence-based biomedical approaches to HIV prevention. The major interventions comprise treatment as prevention and HIV pre-exposure prophylaxis, or PrEP. What is treatment as prevention? So treatment as prevention is based on research showing that HIV-infected persons with undetectable viral loads are incapable of transmitting the virus to HIV-negative sexual or needle-sharing partners. The public health slogan, undetectable equals untransmittable, or U equals U, refers to this means of HIV prevention. Sounds good. Uh, Can you share some key epidemiological findings of HIV in the U.S.? Epidemiologic data indicate a steady rise in the percentage of people living with HIV who are in treatment and virologically suppressed, estimated at 56 to 65 percent, and therefore cannot transmit HIV. It's anticipated that reduced transmittability will result in a fall in HIV incidence rates. Yet, HIV surveillance data indicate that in 2018, 36,400 people were newly infected with HIV, and that this rate has remained steady since 2014. This unchanging rate of new infections held for both sexes, all racial ethnic groups, transmission categories, all regions in the U.S., 
and most age groups. The only exception was a de decreased rate among persons 13 to 24 years of age. Almost 40,000 a year new infections. That is a very high number, highlighting we still have ways to go for our preventative strategies. How many people in the U.S. have indications for PrEP, and how many of them actually get it prescribed? Yes, uh, approximately 1.2 million persons in the U.S. have indications for PrEP. Despite its proven efficacy in preventing transmission of HIV, only 18% of those eligible at-risk persons have ever been prescribed PrEP. African-Americans, Hispanics, women, and persons residing in the southern U.S. have disproportionately low numbers of PrEP users. It is very important to address the unequitable provision of PrEP in racial and ethnic minorities and women. Black persons constituted 42% of new HIV diagnosis in 2018, but only 6% of black persons with indications for its use were estimated to have received an oral PrEP prescription. Similarly, Hispanic Latino persons constituted 27% of new HIV diagnosis, but only 10% of Hispanic Latino persons with indications for its use had received an oral PrEP prescription. While women are 19% of persons with new HIV diagnosis, they comprise only 7% of those prescribed oral PrEP. So, in response to the biomedical advances and lag in PrEP uptake, especially among women and racial ethnic minorities, the CDC recently updated their guidelines for HIV PrEP. The new guidelines were informed by current evidence base and incorporated newly FDA-approved drugs shown to prevent HIV acquisition. All right, a little bit of information regarding the medications we have for PrEP. Daily PrEP with a fixed-dose combination of either entricytabine plus tenofovir bisoproxyl fumarate, also known as Truvada, or the combination of entricytabine with tenofovir alphenamide, also known as Descovy, have been found to be safe and effective in substantially reducing HIV acquisition in at-risk individuals. In July 2012, the U.S. FDA approved an indication for the use of Truvada in combination with safer sex practices for PrEP. These original guidelines were published in 2019, and since then, later in the year, uh, October 2019, the FDA approved a PrEP indication for daily Descovy for sexually active men and transgender women at risk of HIV acquisition. In 2020, results from a clinical trial reported high efficacy and safety for injections of cabotagravir, or CAB, every two months for PrEP. Right after the publication of these guidelines, it was approved by the FDA. So uh, a, a word about uh, nomenclature. I'll be using the brand name Truvada and Descovy uh, to refer to those uh, two PrEP medications and cabotegravir, uh, which is the generic uh, of the long-acting medication. So as you said, the original set of guidelines published in 2019 gave an A rating to the recommendation for using PrEP to prevent HIV infection. At the time, only one drug, Truvada, had been approved by the FDA for a PrEP indication. A remarkable feature of the new guidelines is its recommendation 
to inform all sexually active adults and adolescents about PrEP. The main audience for the guidelines is primary care providers. So essentially, the CDC was recommending that primary care clinicians take a sexual history on their patients and prescribe PrEP when indicated. Yes, uh, these guidelines, looking more into them, were intended towards primary care clinicians, clinicians who provide substance abuse treatment or reproductive health care, clinicians who work in infectious disease, HIV treatment, STD treatment specialist, health policy uh, policymakers, counselors, and other adherence support providers. Now let's discuss the updates regarding the medications in these guidelines. Um, again, as you mentioned, in 2019, Descovy was approved for use in men and transgender women. In mm-hmm. December 2021, the FDA approved Apertude, generic name, Cabotegravir, a long-acting injectable antiretroviral administered every two months for use as PrEP in sexually active adult men, women, and transgender women. Cabotegravir does not require renal and lipid monitoring, which are necessary with the other FDA-approved PrEP drugs, Truvada and Descovy. Yes, uh, cabotegravir may be a good option for patients who have difficulty adhering with an oral uh, daily regimen and patients with significant renal disease. Also, it is important to note, in addition to confirming that any patient starting PrEP medication is not infected with HIV, which may lead to drug resistance, a clinician must also assess renal function because decreased renal function is a potential safety issue for the use of Truvada or Descovy as PrEP. As you mentioned, this is not the case for cabotegravir. Now, let's move on to some of the other updates. So the guidelines were also more user-friendly and included flow charts for determining indications for use in sexually active persons and injection drug users that are much easier to follow. Yes, they certainly made understanding this information much easier. In addition, there are now two separate HIV testing algorithms, one for persons starting or restarting PrEP, and a second testing algorithm for persons who are already taking or have recently taken PrEP. Assessing renal function is now less frequent. Estimated creatinine clearance is recommended every 12 months for persons under 50 years of age or having an estimated creatinine clearance greater than 90 and every six months for others. There's a new table for drug-drug interactions, and there are guidelines for provision of PrEP by telehealth. The guidelines also include procedures for providing same-day PrEP for select patients, and they cover off-label use of what is sometimes referred to as PrEP on demand, or timing PrEP to coincide with sexual activity. I really liked how they highlight PrEP prescribing in multiple patient scenarios, including non-daily oral PrEP for MSM, transgender persons, persons who inject drugs, HIV discordant partnerships, pregnancy, breastfeeding, adolescent minors, and they also have some information on financial case management. Now, Dr. Grimaldi, what has not changed from the previous guidelines? So the recommendations that remain um, 
a carryover from the previous guidelines are that HIV testing should be performed before initiating PrEP, followed by testing every three months for Truvada and Descovy, and once every two months for cabotegravir. These drugs are inadequate treatment if someone becomes infected with HIV and may result in the development of viral resistance. The guidelines, again, emphasize the need for adherence support services, as well as evidence-based services for the prevention of other sexually transmitted infections and bloodborne viral and bacterial infections through injection drug use. Indications have not changed and still include anal or vaginal sex in the past six months and any of the following. Having a, an HIV-positive sexual or drug-sharing partner, having had a bacterial STI in the past six months, mm -hmm. and having inconsistent or no condom use with sexual partners or sharing drug equipment. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, now we had we already have discussed various trends during our discussion so far about these guidelines. Can you please talk about the areas where these guidelines fell short? I think they fell short for us as psychiatrists and mental health clinicians. Um, the guidelines are silent about recommendations for PrEP mm -hmm. education and prescribing in mental health settings. Research has demonstrated that having a psychiatric disorder is a risk factor for acquiring HIV. Early studies done on inpatient psychiatric populations found higher-than-expected rates of HIV among persons with serious mental illness, including those with chronic psychotic disorders. I would have certainly liked to see more about prescribing in the mental health settings. Now, Dr. Grimaldi, how are these guidelines relevant for the CL psychiatrists? Well, it stands to reason that psychiatrists should be familiar with these guidelines and be prepared to either prescribe PrEP or refer for PrEP initiation when indicated. Psychiatrists may feel they don't have the knowledge base to prescribe antiretroviral medications. They may be concerned about non-adherence, development of viral resistance to medications if a patient seroconverts while taking PrEP. Mm -hmm. And they may feel ill-equipped to perform the kind of medical monitoring that's required. They may also worry about risk compensation, uh, which means that persons using PrEP may be less likely to use other forms of protection, such as condoms, and thus place themselves at greater risk for other STIs and bloodborne viral pathogens, such as hepatitis C and hepatitis B. Mm -hmm. Interestingly, some studies have shown that patients with chronic mental illness and HIV may be more likely to adhere to antiretroviral medications compared to those without psychiatric disorders. Education of primary care doctors has been shown to increase their knowledge, beliefs, and attitudes about PrEP. So, enhanced education of mental health clinicians about HIV prevention and PrEP may be necessary to ensure that these guidelines reach psychiatric populations and thereby avoid preventable infections. I agree, Dr. Grimaldi. It is important for CL psychiatrists to be familiar with these PrEP guidelines and inform all sexually active patients about PrEP and its role in preventing HIV acquisition. Some of our patients may not be connected to a primary care provider, and psychiatrists should consider prescribing PrEP after ordering HIV and renal function testing, or at least order this workup while referring the patient to the primary care provider. 
With that, any last words, Dr. Grimaldi? Lastly, I'd like to emphasize that psychiatrists and other mental health clinicians are in the best position to ensure that our at-risk patients with psychiatric disorders aren't overlooked in the fight to end the HIV epidemic in the U.S. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Dr. Grimaldi, for taking time and coming on our podcast. Really appreciate it. Thank you for tuning into the ACLB podcast. Stay tuned for future episodes.